Hey, what is going on to the FEF Podcast? Hey, today we have an incredible episode. We're going to be joined by Catherine Henry to share her story. Uh, Catherine's got an incredible story. We are so excited to hear it. And we are actually going to be joined as well uh, by the director of Flatirons College, Angie Wysocki. Angie is going to be sitting down with Catherine to interview here. We are so thankful uh, that we could have both of them on the show today. It's going to be an amazing episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to the FEA podcast. Like Christian said, I'm Angie and I'm so excited to be joining you today. Love what's happening with this podcast and just excited for the invite. But the real star of today is Catherine, who's joining me and you guys. She has a story that you are going to be so encouraged by and love to hear. But before we dive into that, Catherine, we're new friends, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, you're from Iowa. I am from Iowa. I don't know a lot of people from <laughs> Iowa. Um, there's not much to know. Um, Can you tell are... me like your favorite thing? Like, what makes you so proud to be from Iowa? So we don't have any professional sports teams. <laughs> um, so our Great. University of Iowa—that's like our NFL team. Yeah. And so like the Iowa Iowa State game is the most intense thing. Have you ever been to it? Um, I have, uh, not in like the front row, but we tailgate. It's a huge thing. You tailgate wow. like all day. You go to the game. You tailgate at night. When the game's over, it's it's crazy. a whole yeah. event. Okay. Yeah. And my I love brother it. goes to Iowa State, and I went to University of Iowa. And there's like tension there. Is it still there? Through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can talk about that in another podcast episode. Maybe yeah. <laughs> he can come on and we can work it out. But all right, there you go, guys. That's the word. If you're going to <laughs> Iowa. You gotta get tickets to the game, yeah. but that's not the real reason that we're here today. But uh, we'll we'll ask some follow-up questions. Cool. So you have an incredible story, and uh, I'm excited for you to get to share that with everyone. I'm just gonna let's just dive in. Okay. So, yeah, tell us about this story that God's been writing in your life, this journey that you've been on. Yeah. So. Um, Growing up, we went to church very sporadically, um, and it was mostly just my mom and I. Um, my mom's a Christian, my dad isn't, so it was mostly just my mom and I going to church, uh, and usually just Christmas and Easter. I think they have a word for that. I think it's like a yeah, Christer. A, a Christer, a Christer, maybe? Yeah. yeah. You're an Iowan Christer. I'm an Iowan Christer, yeah. Um, so yeah, just really sporadic. The only really churchy thing I guess I did growing up was I ended up doing I went to a Lutheran church and Mm -hmm. um, they had like a confirmation ministry which is just basically how you become a member of the church in middle school and I did go to that um, but just because there were cute boys there so that was my only motivation (laughs) Um, but through that I think that is just like God planting like a little seed I feel like there's some of us where there's this big like come to Jesus moment and some yeah. of us are more stubborn and it takes these little seeds being planted before anything actually blossoms. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I grew up dancing competitively. So I danced from when I was four to when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pretty much consumed all my time. Uh, we traveled for dance. Um, I had studio at night, so I'd be at the studio till like 10 o'clock. And then in high school, I ended up doing dance team two. So I'd have morning practice and then Jeez. be at the studio at night and it was just a lot, and that was really all I did. So, yeah. Um, and then going into high school, I would say I didn't go to church as much. I wasn't doing anything with the church anymore, and I was just focused on dance. Um, I got really into um, caring a lot what people think and, mm. like, status and kind of some of those things. And obviously boys, um, there was – I can't remember a time where I, like, didn't have a boyfriend or was <laughs> interested in a boy. Um So yeah, that's just, it was dance, boys, and uh, I did start in high school getting more into like drinking and some of that culture, 
um, just because it was what most people were doing. So yeah. it seemed like weird not to, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had two boyfriends in a row that cheated on me. Um, and so that is like, mm. if anyone's been cheated on, it is the worst pain you'll ever feel. There is like nothing like heartbreak like mm. that. Um, and so that and then plus being a dancer and being in front of a mirror all the time and then just like growing up your body changes and that's not a bad thing like that's just a neutral (laughs) thing and there was just all these factors that after my second boyfriend cheated on me it led into like a pretty significant eating disorder Mm. um so it's kind of sad too because sometimes things like that are praised by culture like i quote looked better i was thinner and i would get like praise for that and validation for that and that just reinforced all those really unhealthy behaviors and then it got to a point where it was no longer praised you know Mm. it started people got worried i got comments from my mom's friends like stuff like that where i I realized it was a problem. I didn't think it was, and then I realized it was. Um, Mm. And I also have a very, like, perfectionistic personality. So you take, like, perfectionism and something like that, which is all about, like, control, and they just, like, reinforce each other. Um, So, yeah, but from there, I was still doing dance team, and at that time, I really wanted to um, do dance team in college at the University of Iowa. Um, And so I recorded, like, an audition video. I was really excited about it, and then basically... Um, my dance team coach who I am so thankful for her Mm. in that time because I was so I was struggling so much but um she had to sit me down and basically tell me that like if I didn't kind of get this figured out that I probably would not be able to dance in college Mm. um and that was a really hard thing to hear but a really good thing and she was like one of the few Christians I knew at the time and she invited me to like her bible study with some of her older friends Um, And that was cool just to see, like, these women, like, at that time I was in high school, but these, like, young adults, like, faithfully, like, pursuing Jesus. Yeah. Um, And so that was just, like, another seed planted. But at the same time, I was like, this is kind of silly. Like, we're watching this, like, corny Bible study. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, But it was just one thing. And so I think after we kind of had that sit down, um, I knew I needed to get help. Um, And so, like, with the help of my parents... um, which they were, it was so hard on them. And like still to this day, it just breaks my heart. But just because like, that's a hard thing to talk to somebody about. Um, But I did get some help and I would say I was healing physically, um, but mentally just not as much. Like I still had tons of negative thoughts about my body and food and exercise and tons of unhealthy habits, even though on the outside it looked like I was better, Sure. I guess. Um, And so I ended up, I got a tryout for University of Iowa dance team. But then it was kind of this crossroads of I knew I couldn't do that in a sorority just because it would be a lot. Um, and so I ended up joining a sorority instead. Um, so went to University of Iowa. And my first year was really hard. Like, I feel like college, people look back on it, and it's, like, this really fun time. Like, people always reminisce about it. And for me, that first year just was not fun. Like, yeah. I was in a sorority. I was surrounded by tons of people. I had a boyfriend, but I just I just felt really lonely. Mm-hmm. And... I guess my perfectionism relates to my body kind of transitioned to school. Um, So I started being really perfectionistic about that and it consumed all my time and I just really wasn't putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like I had friends and I was surrounded by people, but I felt really alone. Um, So my freshman year ended and I basically knew something needed to change. (laughs) I, I was just kind of at this bottom, just didn't know where to go. And, um, 
I actually, through like mutual friends, I was introduced to this upper class my, my sorority, who's now one of my good friends, her name's Olivia. Um, but she basically drove from like across the state to get coffee <laughs> with me in Des Moines, which is where I'm from, and so I'd go home on the cool. summers. Um, and we just went to some Starbucks, and I, we were just talking, and she just started talking about Jesus, <laughs> and her like joy, like I could feel it, like yeah. it was tangible. And then, yeah, we left that like little coffee day, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want that like for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think like we all have experienced people like that, where <clears> they <throat> just like embody like this joy from Jesus, and like this joy that's like cannot be touched. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted that. So um, fast forward to my sophomore year, I went back to Iowa. Um, Olivia was a part of this ministry called Greek IV. So InterVarsity is mm-hmm. just a ministry. They have it for athletes. They have it for college students. But I joined their like Greek one at Iowa and just got connected with some girls in my sorority who just really love Jesus and pursued him really radically, mm-hmm. um, which I really respected because I'm pretty black and white. So I'm like, we're either not doing this <laughs> or like we're going really hard and doing this yeah. all the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just started digging into the Bible and like what God says about me, um, and got really solid Christian community. And at that time I was living in the house, um, with one of my now best friends who Mm. was also following Jesus and things just started to change. And it wasn't like I flipped a switch suddenly. I didn't struggle with body image. I didn't struggle with anxiety around that, but things, I noticed my perspective shift to so inward focused to Mm. more outward focused and looking to God rather than inwardly at myself all the time and critiquing myself. Um, And so I got really involved in Greek IV and started leading that. Um, And from there, I think that's when God really showed me that leadership is something I'm very passionate about, Mm -hmm. and specifically like discipleship. Um, So like walking with people as they um, move through this like sanctification process. Um, So I was doing Greek IV and I was thinking back, I just felt like something was missing still, and I didn't know if it was the leadership thing, I didn't know if it was because I wanted like a wider community or what, but I was thinking back to my time in middle school <laughs> at my church, and I was like, oh, that was just so life-giving and fun, and like I would love like if there was a college ministry here like linked with my church back at home, um, and at that time they had a college ministry at Iowa State, um, not yet at Iowa, and so I reached out to... Um, Mark Brandt, who he was the pastor for that middle school ministry, and I was like, hey, is this something do you think we could do at Iowa? And he was essentially like, yeah, and I think you should start it. Yeah. And at that time, I <laughs> I disqualified myself. I was like, I don't know anything about scripture. I'm going to be telling these college students things that aren't true. I was just really worried about all of it, but... Um, I was walking on campus and I actually ran into one of the girls I was confirmed with and I was kind of telling her what I was thinking and praying about and stuff and she was like, oh, I'm going to do it with you. Um, So we (laughs) both just like faithfully kind of started this ministry and at first there was like a couple people, um, (laughs) so it wasn't anything big, but then we had this fall launch and it was just such a humbling moment because it made me realize that like it's not me doing any of this like Mm -hmm. we got there that night and these students just flooded in and I just remember during worship just hearing all the voices and all the singing and standing there with Mara being like this is not me like this is so much bigger than me um and so I think that's when like ministry I just started to feel real call to that yeah um so from there I just kept on doing that. I was in really good Christian community, and then 2020 hit, um, and that was my senior year of college. So I ended up moving home that summer, um, just because there was nothing to do, because everyone was inside <laughs> yeah. all the time. Because we weren't allowed to hang out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I um, 
ended up interning for my church at home in their young adult ministry. Um, and just something that I feel like is so important is I was poured into by so many people. Like I, my boss for the young adult mm-hmm. ministry, and there was all these other pastors and ministers there who just would meet with me individually, who would speak truth over me. And like to have that encouragement in a time where I didn't feel qualified to do any of it, that meant the world. And they yeah. weren't necessarily just hyping me up, saying how awesome I am, but like identifying like what God is doing in me. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful. Um, yeah. So I did that and then I graduated in fall of 2020. And then I kind of took a gap semester. I was in this crossroads because I really loved ministry, but I also had been pursuing this career in speech pathology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did my undergrad in that, and I was you need to get your master's to practice. So um, I was really considering that and praying about it. And um, I'd grown up um, coming to Colorado. I have family in Colorado, so it just been this is almost like second home to me growing up. And as I was like praying about grad schools and stuff like that. Um, Boulder was just on my mind a ton, like, because it's beautiful, obviously, yeah. but I feel like I was in this really comfortable place with my yeah. community, um, and it would have been easy to stay at Iowa for grad school and all of that, but I just felt like God was calling me to move to Boulder, um, especially because there's a lot of people who don't know Jesus there, um, mm-hmm. and being a little uncomfortable with that, and mm-hmm. being able to surround myself with people who don't always think like me or act like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so I ended up moving to Colorado, um, and pretty immediately I got plugged in Flatirons. Um, it was really cool. I reached out to a couple churches, but then um, I met Janae. Uh, she goes here. She leads worship sometimes, but um, she was said, "Hey, want to check out this church with me?" And immediately it was great. Like I yeah. loved how authentic people were. Yeah. I loved how people showed up just as they were, um, with their struggles and their imperfections um, and all of that. And so. Then I got connected with Ambry, who, shout out Ambry, she's on maternity leave. <laughs> I know, <laughs> we missed her. Yeah, um, but she just invited me to be a part of this ministry they were starting up, and it was, it just felt like such confirmation about, like, this is where I was supposed to be, because community had been so important, and I knew in a season like grad school that's really intense, I would need it, and yeah. so just so happened they were starting up this young adult ministry when I moved out here, and... Um, yeah, got involved with that, and then I met my fiance, so that was another win. <laughs> Hello! Um, and grad school awesome. hasn't been easy, but I feel like now, like compared to how I used to handle things, especially related to body image and anxiety around school, yeah. um, it hasn't been easy, but it's been a lot more bearable because I know Jesus is with me, mm-hmm. and he's giving me that bigger perspective that it's not about my grades, it's not about how I'm perceived by others, but it's about, like, being faithful to this, like, eternal mission that's, yeah. that's like, above school, I guess. So yeah. that's kind of my story in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing all that. Uh, you talked, you know, just a lot through your story, this mm-hmm. theme of, like, just body image is yeah. woven through there and how that affected you and the struggle with that. I'm guessing people watching and listening, like, most people struggle with that as well, whether they're honest about it or not. Um, just curious, like, what would you say to people who are in that same space, just really being burdened by just the weight of their own perception of their, Mm. of themselves? Yeah, it's a really hard thing. I feel like a lot of women struggle with it, even Mm -hmm. though it's, even if it's not a full eating disorder, it's like these unhealthy thoughts around food in our bodies and how we speak about them. Yeah. Um, I would say, I think the first thing is just like, I think the enemy's number one weapon against women is to get them so concerned with themselves and their bodies that they can't think about 
people around them or God's mission. Yeah. And that's what he's good. doing. So I think that's the biggest thing is acknowledging like that is the enemy, not mm. you. Or, you know, that's not something that should concern you because he's just trying to throw you off from what God's doing in your life. Yeah. Um, and I read this book called None Like Him by Jen Wilkin. It like it changed my life. It's basically about how God is different than us in so many ways and there's different aspects of his character that we mm. that we just don't have. You know, yeah. like he is sovereign. Like we are not sovereign. Um, but she talks about that for women, it's not a lack of self-worth. It's a lack of awe of God, hmm. you know, because when we're, we're, so, we're in that space and we're so consumed with ourselves, we forget who God is and how amazing he is. Sure. And when we can stand back and say, look how cool God is, then our focus shifts from like us to other people and him. Um, and she has this great quote. I feel like whenever women are struggling with body image, people will just be like, remember Psalm 139, like you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And like, that is a great Psalm. I love that Psalm. But I think we read it from the, the wrong perspective. We read it trying to think about us. Like I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. When really that Psalm is about our creator. And this is what Jen will say. Our creator is fearful and wonderful. Mm. Like it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with him. And once you realize how amazing he is and how intentional he was with creating us, then the inwardness starts to shift, you know. Yeah. We start thinking more about others and about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will you repeat the book just for people listening? Yeah, it's called None Like Him by Jen Wilkin. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Some good thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, you. I'm like... I feel thrown off because I'm like thinking about what you just said. I'm like, that's a really good perspective. Uh, you talk about um, just these moments in your story. Mm-hmm. And like you, to me, I listen to it and I think you had a lot of courage to change things. Like there were moments mm-hmm. and crossroads you were at where you just made a decision to intentionally try to make things better or mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about what that took for you? Mm-hmm. Just thinking of people listening who are like, yeah, I feel so stuck or I feel mm-hmm. like I don't want to live a certain way. Yeah. What, is it, what does that look like to just make an intentional choice to live differently? Yeah, I think what was helpful for me is seeing how other people's lives change and hearing their stories, which is why like yeah. sharing testimonies is just so powerful. Because sometimes it's hard for us to believe God can do that in our lives. But when we see it in others, we're like, that's possible, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I see my friends like Olivia or some of these other girls yeah. who mentored me, I'm just like, God did such a work in their life, then like he can do it in mine too. Mm-hmm. And like, as you start reading scripture, like God promises us so many things. And one of those is like bringing us out of the darkness into like his marvelous light. Yeah. And we talked about that at church the other week, but um, I would say that's the big thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you talk about people, which I love this. Um, You have, like, these key characters in your story. Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool how God used them and used those women in different conversations Mm -hmm. just to help show you, Mm -hmm. like you said, like a different way that life could be. Yeah. How has that experience with those mentors and friends Mm -hmm. changed how you relate to people? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um. I think for, I think the two big ones I talked about were my dance team Mm -hmm. coach and my friend Olivia, but I think just their willingness to meet me where I was Mm. and not force me or try to push me to be somewhere where I wasn't yet. And I think that's important whether you're seeking mentorship or you're discipling or mentoring someone else, like just meeting them when they are and trusting that God will do what he's going to do in them, you know, and you can help and you can walk alongside them and show them you care. But like at the end of the day, it's God doing the work mm-hmm. in their life so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it's so true it's just 
I love how God wove that together for you. Like one Starbucks conversation led to other pieces. And Mm -hmm. okay, you started a ministry when you were in college. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like no big deal, casual. Um, When you were telling that story, I was thinking about your junior high youth pastor. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times does a middle school youth pastor get a call years later from a student (laughs) that's like? Hey, I think I'm going to start a ministry at college. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, what did that feel like to do that when you, and you even said, like, I just did not feel equipped. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are people listening who have God speaking to them about something that's like, hey, you should try this. You should do this. And we disqualify ourselves so mm-hmm. often. Can you speak more about that? Just, yeah, your encouragement to people in that place or what that felt like for you? Yeah, I would say, um, I think the big thing I talked about with some people who mentored me is them speaking truth over me and not in terms of like, oh, you're so great. Like you can be this great, amazing leader, but like kind of what I've been saying is like God can work literally through everyone. It doesn't matter how quote spiritually mature you are. It doesn't matter how much you know about scripture. Like he can use anyone. And I think he especially loves to use people who have lived in such brokenness. Sure. Because that, that's what's relatable, and yeah. that's what will reach the people who feel that. You know, yeah. They don't want to see people come and speak at this ministry or lead this ministry and act like they have it all figured out. And so when we're able to like humble ourselves and be vulnerable to people, like that's what is attractive about Christ followers, is yeah. like seeing how God lifted them from this dark place. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. Yeah, just the invitation, like, okay, this is what I'm walking through. Mm-hmm. Let's do this together. Yeah. Catherine, what's the biggest lesson you're learning right now? Oh, man. I'm learning a lot. I feel like one thing is, so I got this piece of advice. Obviously, I moved to Colorado, so I moved mm-hmm. states, um, and I think that's a big thing. Was it for the sports teams? Because we have professional <laughs> sports here. <laughs> no. I wish. It was for the beautiful views. But, oh, um, yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, like, God can use people when you move across the country or move Mm -hmm. um, wherever, but Mm -hmm. I think this piece of advice I got from Amy Becker, she leads Greek University, Um, she's one of the supervisors, but she tells college students and really just, like, young adults, like, pursue your dream community, not your dream location. Because you can move to this beautiful place or you can move to this big city, but if you don't have community, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. Um, so I think just Same. being in Colorado now and, like, really wanting to plant seeds here, it's, like, community is what's important. It's not where we move, although that's a cool thing, you yeah. know? Um, so I feel like that's a big thing. And then kind of what I touched on is, like, mentorship, discipleship. And I think it's important to seek mentorship with people a couple seasons ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as young adults, sometimes we can get a little cocky and, like, I know all this. I got it all figured <laughs> out. But the truth is, like, we don't. Yeah. And, like, especially when we get older and move into things like new jobs or marriage or having kids or whatever, like, things, it's going to shake up our world a little bit. So I think yeah. having people a couple seasons ahead of you, but not only that, but, like, mentoring people, like, who are younger than you. Like, I'm yeah. sure, like, for you in Flatirons College, like, mentorship is so important Mm -hmm. and for students and young adults like to have someone to speak truth over you know like they people younger than you can teach you things too totally you know so I think it's important both ways okay I'm throwing in a question we didn't talk about (laughs) so good here we go but just that idea of community is like I think people are craving it Mm -hmm. right now so just what's one practical way like you just moved Mm -hmm. you've established new community What's one practical step someone can take to, if they're like, I don't know how to make friends. Yeah. I don't know how to do this. What's Mm -hmm. something that you did that helped you find community? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think in high school, I thought like, 
you know, friendship was measured by how many you have. Sure. You know, and I think at the end of the day, like, if you have, like, one or two or a handful of friends that, you know, you can go really deep with, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really great. I think, like, moving to a new place can be hard because, you know, sometimes you can have that, like, vulnerability hangover and you hang with the person for the first time and tell them your whole story and then you're like, (laughs) oh, no, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Um, But I think one big thing is, like, being intentional and getting uncomfortable about asking people to hang out. Mm -hmm. Like, even if that's just one person. Like, if you Mm -hmm. go to YA or whatever, like, what communities you're part of and you ask one person, you're like, they're cool and I see they're following Jesus – I'm going to ask them to get coffee. I'm going to ask them to hang out. And right. getting uncomfortable, because sometimes that is. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, making friends as a young adult is weird. Oh, I gosh, feel like it's so awkward. It's so weird. And, like, some people have friends, and, like, they've reached their, like, friend capacity, and some people are looking for new friends. And it can be really uncomfortable, but those friendships honestly pay off the most. Yeah. You know? I had a interaction this week that reminded me of that like this person I'm like I assumed you were like set Mm -hmm. like you had friends you're set in a small group and we had this conversation where I just realized like oh you're not like it's I can't assume that for other people so Mm -hmm. just ask you know but Definitely. Okay, you get the last word in this conversation, which honestly, I feel like you could preach a sermon about <laughs> so many things you've said today. Like, there's really good lines in here, but yeah, what would you just, as a closing thought or encouragement to people listening, you yeah. get the last word. Okay, cool. I think I have two things. I think one related back to body image is like, I just challenge like women especially, and I know men struggle with mm. this too, but be like honest about yourself, about your relationship with like food in your body. Mm. You know, if you're listening to this and you feel like there are some things, the way you speak about your body, the way you think about it, that maybe just aren't in alignment with how like God speaks about your body. Like Hmm. I would just lean into that a little bit, you know, pray about that a little bit and talk to other people about it. Like you would be shocked how many women actually struggle with that a lot or have had an eating disorder like I did, you know? So I would say that's the first thing. And then the second thing is just what we've talked about. Like just reach out to one to two people if you're really struggling Mm -hmm. to find friendships and you know, people, I think a lot of people in our generation value intentionality mm-hmm. um, and see it as a really good thing. And so if you're intentional in relationships, that will be reciprocated. So yeah. I'll encourage people with that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. your story. And just thank you for being open to what God's doing in your life. You're a huge gift to Flatirons. Thank and you so much. All the people that get to be in community with you. So thanks, Andy. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the Flatirons Young Adults Podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to this podcast uh, so you get notifications about when our new episodes are dropping. Uh, If you don't follow us on social media, follow us on social media at FlatironsYA. You can stay up to date with all of our live gatherings if you're in the Colorado area, our upcoming socials that we have once a month uh, where we just get together and hang out and form community with one another. And at the end of the day, do not forget to share this with a friend if it has affected or touched your life. We will see you next time on the FEI Podcast.